Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Get in the know. Nonstop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. Enjoy this one right here. I'm going to okay. tell you, this is unbelievable. Talk. Uh, Phil- that. Philadelphia, you did a great job. It was a great game. But how about those cheese? That's what we're talking about. Have a cheeseburger on us and enjoy their Hawaiian shirts. I will. I will. That's Congratulations, why Congratulations, <laughs> Terry. Terry, yeah, Terry Bradshaw it's, might be might be winding winding down for his yeah. uh, Super Bowl podium interview time, huh? Why Why is the podium still the same as it was in 1968? That's my question. Have they they put them up and it's like little futuristic? It, it literally looks like a Jetsons futuristic podium thing. I don't even know what. Well, what you would call you? It. How would you fix it? What would you? What would you do if, if someone said, "All right, you're the new Judd Zolgad. Yeah, I would just. Bring <laughs> you are in the a, new Super Bowl podium guy. What are we doing this year? I would just bring in a, a, a small stage. But what they do is it looks like it's always this little like round thing that appears it's going to take off. Like you just ascend to the heavens, like yeah, it's, it's, are, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, a it's a chief scat back. It's yeah. like this yes. little thing that's. You are Super Bowl champions. Now you will go to heaven and you will come back in training camp, or you will hover over the the U.S. or Canada and be shot down in approximately a week. Like it always looks like this. It's just so funny. Uh, yeah, I, I guess I hadn't put much thought into, but yeah, they haven't changed it up in in quite some time. I like how Andy Reid is. He's he's the most likable. Love him. Coach in the NFL, I think the last ten or fifteen years, he's gone through some personal problems, and you know the the Philadelphia thing, you know, kind of a falling out, and it took him like twenty years to get his first Super Bowl, and now he might wind up with like four if they well, keep writing this thing out for a very good reason for that. Yeah. Uh, by the way, this is Purple Daily Daily Vikings Entertainment. We just want the Vikings to do what the Chiefs did, which is win a Super Bowl at some point before we die. Um, the show is presented by our friends, an official partner of the NFL now, TCL. No matter what you watch, TCL has award-winning TVs for any budget, any space, all with stunning picture quality. And TCL makes more than just TVs. They offer mobile products, audio devices, home appliances. TCL brings you joy and simplicity through innovative technology. And before we get into some of the things that kind of slapped us across the face as you watched probably the two best teams in the NFL do battle yesterday, how can the Vikings learn some things uh, cheers to the official craft beer of Purple Daily, Judd Zolgad, Surly Brewing Company. Yep. In fact, uh, I, I know that both you guys and our audience is going to be shocked to learn that I enjoyed a few yesterday while watching the final football game of the season. And while so did the refs, happened, too. The refs were enjoying some and, toward the end of them. Oh, you know what? We could talk about that. But anyway, Surly Brewing, uh, we, we appreciate their sponsorship. And, of course, they brought this show to you uh, throughout the course of another season in which the mission was defined not just by us here on pd you guys but also by the folks at surly who put out before i die hopefully the mission can now resume free agency the draft and then training camp again as the vikings pursue the elusive super bowl champion yeah this this show in case you're maybe you, you ducked out for a while after the season maybe you're back here on this 
Super Bowl Monday, this recap day. This is the home, if you're a Vikings fan, for off-season fodder, speculation. And I think it's funny, a lot of fans we've heard from who, throughout their lives watching the Vikings, the season almost always ends in some sort of, you know, horrible, traumatic way, and you're pissed. And then you kind of check out. All right, now it's uh, on to the wild, on to the wolves, on to whatever on spring training the twins, like the twi- with the twins. The twins. Yeah. well we should we should talk some twins this week on Mackie and Judd um and you maybe check out this is actually a really exciting time to be a Vikings fan over the next for sure the next two or three four weeks into free agency roster moves but then into the draft so we've we've got you guys covered on this show every single day 365 days a year. I just want to throw that out there but let's get into some of the things that really stood out to us if you're watching that game from a Vikings perspective how far away do they feel what are the things that that you can really learn from these teams and I'm watching the second half of this shootout and Jalen Hurts is setting the record for rushing touchdowns by a quarterback and he's making these ridiculous throws on the run keeping the Eagles in front for a chunk of that game and then Patrick Mahomes comes back after getting his ankle twisted again, and he's just Travis Kelsey leading him into open windows. Uh, the play calling was brilliant as well. Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy put together a really good game plan. Not surprising. But to me, the biggest takeaway, and I get it, like defense, offensive line, all these things are important. Having weapons, drafting well, like I, all of these things are important. But the willingness to take a chance on a young, highly skilled, potentially franchise-changing quarterback was what really screamed in my face last night because of the the way that these two teams went about it. If you think about, we talk about the Chiefs all the time, trading up 17 spots, right? Five years ago, it's it's been well told. You can't just duplicate drafting Patrick Mahomes. Nobody is saying that. I think it was less about getting lucky and drafting Mahomes and more about recognizing where your franchise is at and then being open-minded to take a shot and then develop the guy. Five years ago, The Kansas City Chiefs were coming off three playoff trips in four years, 11 wins in 2015, 12 wins in 2016, three playoff trips in four years, and a 12-win season in 2016 with a rock-solid Pro Bowl quarterback in Alex Smith. And they said, we're sick of getting bounced in the playoffs. We feel like our ceiling is the divisional round, the way that we are currently constructed. What's What's our path? Let's take a gamble on something that could change our franchise. The Eagles might even be a better example because people are like, well, you're not just going to find them a Mahomes. And that's true. That's true. So let's go to the Eagles in 2020. They had just signed Carson Wentz to a massive contract extension. Three straight playoff appearances and a Super Bowl win, what, three years prior in 2017, right? Carson Wentz putting up 4,000-yard seasons, 25, 30 touchdown passes, single-digit interceptions. But something just felt off, and they said, "Mm, I know we have our franchise quarterback here. He almost won an MVP a few years ago before he got hurt, and the Nick Foles had to take over, and they won the Super Bowl. And he's now getting paid like $25, $30 million by us, but something just feels a little off here. doesn't feel like we can't build a roster around this. And they drafted Jalen Hurts in the second round. Changed their franchise. Like the, the ability to recognize this is good, are we going to win a Super Bowl doing it like this? And then take the chance and then develop the quarterback. And maybe you get unlucky. But that, I mean, those two quarterbacks doing what they did in those two franchises, it's really interesting. 
It's really interesting to me. So let's take the Hurts one because I actually think that that's more intriguing from uh, from a very doable standpoint. Mahomes is obviously a great pick, but that was a we are diving into the deep end of the pool. Uh, Smith's days are numbered. He did play again the year after Patrick Mahomes was drafted, but then of course he he was gone and he really had to be gone. But let's take the Hurts one because to me this is the most intriguing one. First of all, this is a kid who was given up on by his college team. Alabama said, you know what? Tua is a superior quarterback kid. Thank you very much. But essentially released him. Goes to Oklahoma. Has success again. Falls to the second round. And this is where I think it's a very, I I think this is a replicatable and very smart philosophy. Falls to the second round. Now, the only question at that point becomes if you are, Philadelphia and contemplating taking Hertz, your question becomes, okay, are we afraid that the incumbent starter, if we really like him, is going to be offended and this is going to cause problems? Because once you get past the first round, the investment is almost a look-see. Like if Jalen Hurts had flamed out, if Jalen Hurts right now was going to start his season in two months in the XFL, we'd be like, okay, not a great chance, but Philly took a chance. It didn't work. But the main question, and, and you know, there were rumblings that when when the Vikings decided uh, uh, to draft the kid from Texas Tech, Kellen Mond, yeah. right? There were rumblings that Kirk was basically said, what, what are you doing here? Why are you wasting this pick on a quarterback? If you think you might have the right guy, that question can't concern you. So... Uh, Hurts, Mahomes was almost had to be a sure thing. He was going to get that chance. And if it failed, it was going to be a colossal bust. Jalen Hurts, on the other hand, was a, you know what? Let's explore this one. If it doesn't work, it sucks. But if it doesn't work, it's not catastrophic. No one's going to get fired for, for that. And so that's where it's a replicatable. And the Vikings, I think, in all teams. And Phil, this goes back to, I think I think you talked about this years ago which is just starting to take chances in the draft, not necessarily first round, mm-hmm. on quarterbacks. Because, my God, if you hit, if you hit, you potentially see what we saw on Sunday. And the Eagles did not lose that game in any way because of Jalen Hurts. Well, and I think it all starts with if you're if you're waking up on this Monday and you're the Vikings and you're looking at the Eagles and the Chiefs, and even if you go back the game or two before that too, and you're looking at the Niners and you're looking at the Bengals and some of these teams. I don't think we're sitting here saying you got to go get lucky and draft Joe Burrow. Number one, overall. I think what we're saying is be realistic about where you are as a franchise. Are you really like one off seasons worth of bargain bin free agent signings and getting lucky with your five draft picks away from being the Kansas city chiefs or being the Philadelphia Eagles? And no one's saying that it's Kirk Cousins' fault that you aren't the Kansas City Chiefs or the Philadelphia Eagles. But as currently constructed, as long as the Vikings continue to push forward with Kirk Cousins, who gets older by the year, he's going to be 35 years old. What is your actual ceiling? Are you really winning a Super Bowl in the next two or three years? Are you really? And again, it's, 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 this isn't like a singularly focused Kirk Cousins topic. It's a roster. Where are you at with everything right now? And if and if you feel like your ceiling is maybe the second round of the playoffs, the next two or three years with Kirk Cousins 
aging Kirk Cousins, non-mobile Kirk Cousins, non-elite, but get gets paid a ridiculous amount of money to the salary cap, then you need to address that to me starting in the next three months. Just start. And all these people that are like, oh, well, it's so easy for you guys to say, oh, just go find them a homes, right? But here's what I hear, because I, I hear it from all angles. Well, just go find them a homes, right? Just go find a Josh Allen, right? Just go find a Joe Burrow. Just go find a Jalen Hurts. Just go find a Justin Herbert. Just go find a t- Well, I just listed like 20% of the quarterbacks in the league. Like you, you can't find a Josh Allen or a Patrick Mahomes or a Jalen Hurts if you never take stabs. Like they've only drafted two quarterbacks in the in the. If you look at the first second rounds for the Vikings, T. Jack O six was a second round pick. Christian Ponder two thousand eleven was a first round pick. Teddy Bridgewater two thousand fourteen fourteen somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. They don't take shots. Fifteen twenty years. They literally. You can't find one of those guys unless you try. And that is my beef with the Vikings. Oh, let's, let's, well, maybe we try Kellen Mond over here in the third round. Well, but yeah, okay, you need to take some of those shots as well, but they don't try. They just, well, we got it. We got the 14th best quarterback. We got the 10th best quarterback, make it a bunch of money. Now let's see if we can be perfect in free agency development and the draft. And when they're not perfect, this is the result. You either get, you know, eight or nine wins and miss the playoffs, or you get smoked in the first or second round, and you're wondering, okay, how can we patch this thing together all over again and do it again in March and do it again in the draft? Be realistic about where you are as a franchise is my plea to the Vikings this morning. Well, first of all, don't forget JDB. John D. That was a fifth-round fifth pick, though, right? Was, uh, uh, it it might have been. I just thought he was, you know. <laughs> the casualty so of Brett Favre. <laughs> so much upside. Uh, yeah. So the, the question now, though, goes back to this. And and it's a question I hope that the Wolves ask Quazy and O'Connell both before they were uh, hired last winter. The question is, what is your means of solving this? So there's, as far as I can tell, there's four ways. One is you go get Kirk Cousins. You either trade for or in free agency, you sign an established guy that you like. The Vikings have gone down that, my, my God, in the 90s, that was the choice, right? Warren Moon, Slappies, uh, really good guys, but that was their choice for the for the most part in that decade. Um, if you're not going to tear it down, then you know what? And the Vikings have no, as I far as I can tell, this franchise has no um, intentions of tearing things down. You're not going to get Joe Burrow. You're not going to get a top five pick. Mm-hmm. So so then the question becomes: Okay, are you going to have the cojones? to make that significant trade to get into the top five, which, by the way, you're going to mortgage a lot. You're going to lose a lot of draft picks. Some teams do. Um, if the answer to that is no, no, we don't want to give up our draft picks. Like, we're we're never going to trade two first-round picks and five total picks for one pick. Okay, now we're down to the last one, which is, are you willing to take wild cards and quarterbacks in the draft starting in the second and third round? So, like, there's only X amount of ways to do this. And when you are a team that rarely, rarely is horse bleak, which the Vikings are, um, you have to get creative. And the and and what I see is you finally have a coach that knows offense, a coach who himself was a drafted sort of slappy QB, and, you know, you just, those guys develop, and sometimes in Kevin's case, they don't develop. But that that becomes the question is like, how do you plan on 
finding the guy. Because I feel like we are so conditioned for the most part to, well, just go trade for a guy or sign this guy. You know, yeah. now, now it's Moon. Now it's Favre. Now it's Cousins. Now it's a guy named Salisbury. You know, now it's Jim McMahon. Oh, my God, he used to play for the Packers and Bears. So that becomes the question of, you know, for all the people that say, well, Philadelphia, how lucky were they? How fortunate were they? No, they actually had a strategy of let's take a chance. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Yeah, And of course, there's luck involved. No one's saying there's not luck involved. But but when when people get hung up on, well, you have to get lucky. Therefore, you shouldn't step up to the table, the poker table, the blackjack table. Yeah, the, the draft is a gamble. Taking a step back with your roster is a gamble. I'm, I mean, the Eagles are actually kind of the Minnesota Vikings the last 25 or 30 years with more like top end success. The Eagles are also the Eagles are very well run under the ownership and the front office. They almost always have stability. They had Andy Reid for what 15 years, then Doug Peterson for six years, um, and then they wind up with you know one reset season in 2020. But boom, they build the roster right back up. They find their quarterback. They had one reset season at the end of the Andy Reid era. Um, even with Chip Kelly, they won 10 games in back-to-back seasons because their franchise is stable. The Vikings franchise is stable. So, And I would say this because I think it was five years ago when the Super Bowl was in Minneapolis, right? And you and I were doing those radio row shows, some of the most fun radio shows we did on the old 1500 ESPN. Um, that was a blast at the Mall of America. And Kirk Cousins was standing in line one of those days at the Shake Shack getting lunch as he was, I don't know, he was probably there, uh, you know, doing some recon for his family on the Twin Cities because he knew he that the Vikings actually. were an option. Yeah, you're, you're accurate. He was doing some uh, some research. And I remember five years ago with the way the Vikings were constructed then with the best defense in the NFL, Stefan Diggs, Adam Thielen, Dalvin Cook, everything was ready. But we didn't trust Case Keenum to ride the magic carpet ride for another season. So five years ago, the tone of this conversation was, boy, if you could just find a rock-solid quarterback, not even like a, whoever the whoever the Patrick Mahomes, you don't even really need an Aaron Rodgers. You just need we like this Alex roster. Smith. Yes, we, we did. Pushing, we wanted Alex we, He got <laughs> traded. The agreement came while we were on the air at the mall. And I remember we're like, oh, man, Alex Smith. There goes our out. guy. <laughs> In retrospect, that wouldn't have necessarily uh, worked out well either. But we, but like the tone of the conversation was, the Vikings have done a masterful job building a roster here, best defense in the league. You got a bunch of twenty-five-year-old guys like Xavier Rhodes running around, Harrison Smith in his prime, and you've got some of the best offensive weapons. Kyle Rudolph was still in his prime. You had weapons everywhere in offense. Offensive line was a little rickety, but if you could patch a spot or two there, it was Kirk Cousins could be the final piece to this puzzle. And unfortunately, things didn't work out that way. They missed the playoffs in 2018. They did get there in 19, but by but by the time like 19 and 20 came along, the top ranked defense started to erode. They lost some players to age to free agency, and then it started spiral. So as we sit here today, five years later, I would have a similar opinion if if this was 49ers daily right now. <laughs> I would say just like five years ago, I would say. Boy, a guy like Cousins, just a professional quarterback that can come in here, get the ball to the weapons, stand behind a good offensive line. You don't have to score 30 points because the defense is going to you know, have its bleep together. I would say, boy, if this is 49ers daily, 
Let's do it. Screw uh, screw this uncertainty with Brock Purdy, seventh round picks, you know, his his elbow surgery and Trey Lance. He, the guy's played like 16 games since high school, basically. Go get a Kirk Cousins. If you can prove to me, anyone out there, that the Vikings have a path forward as currently constructed with the quarterback they currently have, it's, it's not his fault necessarily, but as currently constructed, if you can prove to me that, no, they can still win a Super Bowl in the next couple of years, they've got, oh, they're going to nail their five draft picks, they got the fourth worst cap situation or whatever it is in the NFL, and they're going to maximize those bargain bin dollars, I will listen to you. I just don't think there's a path. And so if there's no path, what assets do you have that you can start to accumulate draft picks, cap space, et cetera, to open your window as wide as possible as soon as possible, maybe even starting in 2024. That's where I'm at with this conversation right now. What we've learned in this town in the last 12 years now, too, and I don't think it's talked about enough, is this. We are so conditioned to think that certain years and certain teams are just prepared to pop. You know, 2009 fun, bring back Favre. Oh, my God, you got everybody back. 2010 is going to be it. Of course, it was a disaster. 2017, this is great, but if you just had a quarterback who was uh, um, a little bit better than Case Keenum, you're going to pop. It was, it was not a disaster, but it was a huge disappointment. I think what a guy like um, what Hurts does, and I think what a guy like Burrow does for sure, now he is he's, he's the – other end of the example because he's such a good one and he articulated this himself and he's right you know the window the window is my career <laughs> yes the window is my career and and that's the thing about football though what you have to be prepared for is you have to be prepared for when you starting probably with your quarterback that the window has to be open for with any one qb approximately five years because here's the problem in this sport especially, the attrition from injuries, from various, from drop-offs, Adam Thielen, is so great that if you think 2018 is our year, you're an idiot. Uh, what you need to say is Kirk Cousins and this I thought thing, I thought it was. I, I did too. I did too, but I learned from that. I learned from 2010, which was just an in-your-face, you're a moron, Judd. 2018 to oh man this is a nice move and by the way i'm not saying i hated the 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 gamble because if you don't take the gamble a lot of times you then become the twins so i'm not even criticizing the gamble i'm saying my experience in watching the sport has led me to realize that because this is such a fickle sport because you cannot depend on anything because people go off cliffs because people get hurt that when you say, okay, final piece of the puzzle in football, it's nonsense. It's pie in the sky, and it's based on this hope that everything goes right. And the second you think that everything is going to go right in a, in a given season for your team, guess what? You're wrong. I give you the Buffalo Bills this year. Everything's going to go right. It didn't go right. So I think that's the thing that I've realized is that when we're talking about roster construction, it has to be done with an eye with an assumption that it needs to be a multiple-year construction based on the fact that you have to assume that what you think is going to be a good season might fall apart very quickly because that's how the league works. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Dex? Where where are you at after soaking in that action yesterday uh, as it pertains to the Vikings? 
Yeah, not to be afraid to take chances on quarterbacks um, is definitely a huge thing there. And both these teams were always thinking kind of one step ahead, not just drafting immediate needs. I mean, look at, I know uh, our guy, I believe Tyler Long was the one who, Tyler Dunn, excuse me, who, who for Go Long wrote the whole piece on how the Chiefs built their roster. And they were building for, yeah, something of need, but also for planning ahead, right? They planned ahead for Patrick Mahomes. They traded for Orlando Brown. They made all these moves. They said goodbye to Tyree Kill because they knew they would still be okay. They built up an offensive line after watching Mahomes get basically drilled in the Super Bowl that they lost to the Bucks a few years ago. That was all part of their plan. Same with the Eagles, right? Carson Wentz was basically coming off an MVP year in 2017. He was still rehabbing his leg, but they said, you know what? Let's take a chance on a second-round quarterback who was a Heisman guy and was pretty damn good at Oklahoma. Let's see where it goes. He's not our starter yet, mm-hmm. but they were still thinking one draft ahead. They get him A.J. Brown last year because they saw, oh, there's potential here. They're looking at one steps ahead. They're not going into a draft thinking, all right, well, we need a starting center. The Vikings, we need a starting center, so we're going to draft it because that's what we need. Well, is that the actual right move to make long-term? Are you, are you thinking one step ahead here? And I think their draft strategy, their free agent strategy, both their teams, Chiefs and Eagles, there's plenty of examples that they were thinking steps ahead, not just short-term gains. They were looking at long-term gains. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And that's the thing, like long term for the Vikings, it's it's so easy to be caught up in short term right now because, oh, man, you still have Cousins who played his ass off in the fourth quarter last year and he's 35. So your window with him is kind of year by year and contractually it's year by year. And uh, you got Brian Flores. You might only have him for one year. So, right, if you could give him some pieces like like everything is kind of screaming at the Vikings. You won 13 games. You have a really good starting quarterback who still has maybe a, a year or two of prime left. You got Daniil Hunter, who maybe has another year of elite-level play left, and Zadarius, if he can you know, heal the knee contusion, whatever. Like Everything's kind of screaming, boy, if you could just keep throttling, just go a little bit further. But to Judd's point, there are a handful of reference points in franchise history that tell you, hey, it's okay. It's okay. That was, that was your race to run, and you, you came up short. Now it's time to look at the next race. Not a full reset or a full rebuild necessarily, but what is the actual Super Bowl window for the Vikings? Is it 2023 or is that fool's gold? Or is the is the real window 2024 to 2027 when you have Justin Jefferson in his prime making a ton of money? You got left tackle, right tackle in their primes. You got franchise tight end guy who especially after like Travis Kelsey ages out here and George Kittle. T.J. Hawkinson could be one of the three best pass-catching tight ends from 2024 to 2027. What can you do for that window? Unless, again, unless you can convince me that there are off-season moves to be made to be the Chiefs, Eagles, 49ers, Buffalo Bills, Bengals, wouldn't it make more sense to take some of your assets, get some draft capital, clear some cap space for a 2024 to 2027 window? Not a two-win season. Not saying that they need to tank, not saying they're going to be the Lions, but what is your actual window is the most important question for the Vikings this morning. 
And we keep hearing this one, too. Well, if they get bad, Jefferson's going to be upset. Why would you want to get bad? But here's the thing is, you don't look at Jefferson on a year-to-year. You're going to sign him to a massive extension, okay? So the question is, how do you win a Super Bowl while Jefferson's in his prime and still here? Not, oh, my God, if they're bad in 23, he's going to be upset. Like, that that becomes the default position of the argument, and, and it's incredibly flawed. Because you know what? Okay, let's say you win six games in 2023, but that then gets you on the arc to where you draft your quarterback, to where you get your team. So that's one thing. The other thing is look at the smart teams as well. Look at how they peel off pieces, veteran pieces. The Vikings literally take are, are now, and they've done this before. I felt like they got away from it, but they're back to it. They literally take most of their key veterans to the cliff and then watch him jump off. Yeah. In, instead of saying, yeah, Dalvin Cook's pretty good still, but, you know, we see the attrition coming, and he's really not worth that contract. Dude, we're really sorry, but we're, but we're going to trade you because you have value still, but we, we're going to gamble that that is a very short-lived shelf life now. Look at the amount of guys right now that we have at the edge of the cliff, and they're going off of it, and there's nothing that you can do, and I would argue that most of them now have no value. So that's the problem, too. So, like, there are just – and and this is, in fairness, this is Quazy and Kevin O'Connell's first real offseason to make moves. They got here last year, and they certainly made moves, but they had just gotten the jobs. And it's very unfair, I think, to grade them off of that, right? But this is the first time now where you're like, okay, guys, let's see what you're going to do that's going to be different than Rick Spielman, yeah. than Zimmer was. Let's see what you're going to do to affect change here that says, you know what? I see something different here. Yeah. No, so it's um there's just a lot, a lot to be figured out for this franchise here in the coming weeks. This is usually the week two where crazy things start to happen. We already saw Derek Carr get released by the Raiders. That was before the Super Bowl. I love Derek Carr. He had all the leverage, right? He had a he has a full no trade clause. Oh, can we uh can we maybe uh, find you a trade partner? He's yeah. like, screw you. Bleep you. I'm not waiting. Right. It. I'm not going to help you get draft capital for <laughs> me. Yeah. Screw you. If I'm if I want to play for the Saints, I'll just make it happen myself. Or we can let this go past the uh, roster bonus deadline. You can give me my roster bonus, then we can figure it out. But that was that was amazing. But isn't this the week generally, Jeb, where things start to like Aaron Rodgers is going to come out of the darkness at some point? When, when did, did that start? A trade. Now did did he go in today before the game? Oh, so he goes in today, so he'll be there till like Wednesday. Yeah, I don't know if he darkness. was watching the game, but he was. That's he what was, was going to say Monday was was day one of darkness for Aaron. Yes, but yeah, and so I, I think the combine starts um, at the end of the month too, and that's where I think we'll start to get stuff like the initial reports on a Jefferson contract I- extension. Like, don't forget, this is where it gets dicey because what it was the com- was it the combine in 2012 or 13 where I believe fueled by a few cocktails, Rob Brzezinski and Ben Dagra, who was AT's right. agent at the time, basically got in a 2 a.m. screaming match. Yeah. So, like, this is where it gets fun. And just because a guy's a star player does not mean that the team's like, oh, my God, what can I do? The team pushes back, too. So, yes. Um, I would like to bring up something, though, that I saw yesterday that I think was very was very instructive. And, Phil, you talked about this briefly. But just as far as what Kevin O'Connell can learn, mm-hmm. can my God, can we talk about for all of you who say, including players, oh, adjustments, halftime adjustments, adjustments don't happen. Once you go into a game, that's all adjustments. I'll say this to guys that played who say this. 
You ain't paying attention. Now, it might not be on a chalkboard at halftime, right? It might not. I don't know how they're done. But can we talk about what not just Reed, but Andy Reed, Biennemi, and the entire Chiefs team did to make adjustments to what Philadelphia was doing to them? Or Orlovsky did a marvelous, instructive breakdown this morning on this. But red zone, for instance, they deducted, took some time to figure out exactly what what the Eagles defense was doing. And then in the second half, they exploited it. So they went from a first half where it's like, this doesn't look like the Chiefs at all, you know, and Philly looks really good. Nice job. Uh, Kelsey caught the first touchdown, but after that, the Chiefs were really slowed. They went from that in the span of, of an entire game. And don't forget, you have basically a half hour at halftime. So you do have time uh, to a red zone attack for sure. That was absolutely brilliant. And I just hope O'Connell watched that. And and because we, we talked about throughout the course of the season, it really felt like the Vikings red zone approach uh, trailed off. When I saw what the Chiefs were doing, I'm like, this is a tutorial. This is a master Andy Reid class on, okay, you guys are awesome. You guys are doing a great job, but I'm going to use everything that you just did in the first two quarters against you, and I'm going to bleeping beat you. Yeah, they were. someone else put an anecdote out. Uh, maybe it was Orlovsky. He's been on fire. He was on a plane ride this morning, and now he's all over ESPN, basically on no sleep. But that uh, Doug Peterson with the Jaguars ran some some motions in the red zone. Apparently, the the Eagles are very susceptible defensively to pre-snap motions and crossing routes and different things. Their secondary gets a little bit confused, and guys can break wide open. And um, the Eagles borrowed from Doug Pe- Doug Peterson, who I think is one of the best red zone offensive schemers. Right? I mean, the Philly special in the Super Bowl five years ago. So. Yeah, that's that's something that it did feel like the Vikings were very creative on that front early in the year. But then if you look at their personnel throughout the season, like at the end of the year, you had Dalvin Cook, who is is a good running back, but not the same guy he was three or four years ago, and certainly not as shifty and versatile as some of the guys you see on the Chiefs offense. Adam Thielen can't do really 75% of the things that you're asking some of these Chiefs offensive players to do. I don't know that the Vikings have the personnel to do what the Niners do, to do what the Chiefs do, to do even what some of the stuff the Eagles do pre-snap. Um, so that's as we sit here and talk about offensive line and we talk about quarterback and future, like just getting younger, faster, and more versatile with your running backs and with your, I mean, dude, they had Jarek McKinnon lined up at fullback at one point last night. Right, and he winds yeah. he winds up like out to the left catching a pass or whatever the hell it was, yep, and uh, almost gets in the end zone. So just the fact that you can have Jarek McKinnon as kind of a second trinket player lining up, lining up as a fullback going any which direction, like man. So I, I agree as far as like Thielen on deep routes is probably hopeless. Now he can catch the ball, he just can't get there, right? But I think in red zone, I think it's a lot of coaching too, man. I think it's a lot of coaching and it's matchups. And when you use, and, and O'Connell does this, so I'm not saying that he's incompetent and I'm not saying he can't learn. So he is very good. I'm just saying that Reed is the master at, at this and his staff is great. But especially in the red zone, motion makes you tell everything. And when and if you watched what the Chiefs did, and you know what? 
Jarek McKinnon, he ain't young. He basically missed two years hurt. He's good. I really like him. But the point is, there are guys like that floating around this league. The Chiefs mm-hmm. took, the, took the piece and plugged it in. But they didn't say, we got to go get Jarek McKinnon because only he can do these things, right? And this is where I come back to, okay, do the Vikings not have anybody else that can operate? Like, like did we ever see, did the Vikings, and it's a rhetorical question, the answer is no. Did they ever get creative enough with Alexander Madison to maximize him? Not as a not as a bell cow, but as a guy who's like, you know what? He's got a skill set, catch the ball. Let's maximize that. I'll go back to this one. Are you telling me there was still, to this day, that there is still zero package? There's still nothing that a guy as fast as Kane Wangwu can do? I'm, again, I'm not saying he should play 20 snaps a game. But I'm just saying, in the red zone, where a guy like that makes you think, I don't even care if he touches the football. Yeah, I would even say, like, if you if you have a guy like Wang Wu active, because I, I don't know the answer to your question. I feel like if if he yeah. were a weapon on offense, they would have used him that way. But then the, but then the so next too. question is, okay, well, why is he taking up an active roster spot? Yes, he's a great kick returner. But how many times in a season is that skill set even being used in 2023? And he did break one or two this year. So he's he had some a, a small handful of either a touchdown here, and I'd have to go you know recall. So I'm not saying that you can't have a guy just as a kick returner, but it feels like it's just kind of a wasted roster spot in some ways, right? That he can't he, he's going to return like one kick a game, maybe two, and be unavailable to do literally anything else the rest of the afternoon. Why? Can well, we, can, can't you find someone who can return kicks at like a like 75% the level that he does, but can also contribute and touch the ball five or 10 times in the game. But why are you not, this, this is what I don't get it. And it's what a guy like Reed does a great job of. Why are you not creating the perception that he might do something by having him on the field occasionally? I don't even care if he touches the ball. His speed has to be accounted for. Cause if he does touch the ball and it's in his control, He's a pain in the ass. Yeah. So th- that's my question is like, like, like you look at the trinket players and the specialty plays. I mean, the chiefs do some silly stuff, but guess what? It draws out answers. The, the ring around the rosary. It's funny as hell, but it, ge- but it answers questions of what the defense does. And now it's the tell like to, to me, it's like poker. It's like poker. You are playing with the defense's minds because you want answers and that's now going to allow you to do things. So, and again, this is not a O'Connell sucks. He, he does not. I'm sure he'll do a fine job here, but I'm watching. But that here's thing. a list of five coaches. The I'm Vikings thinking, should consider replacing you with it's Josh yeah. pecking order. Yep, It's my pecking order. And I'm going to attach a quarterback <laughs> to each one. I just think it's an interesting, it's an interesting thing that, that you watch and say, couldn't you do more? Couldn't you have them? Yeah. Yeah. Then, but then of course, like, and I, I agree with you, it's almost like the same conversation we're having about quarterback, which is the Vikings have a really good quarterback, but he's not Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen. He's not anywhere near that level. The Vikings have, I think, a really good head coach. He's not Andy Reid. Nick Sirianni is actually, he has become an incredible creative head coach, a guy that connects with players. Is Kevin O'Connell... It's hard to fully quantify. Andy Reid's one of the greatest head coaches of all time at this point. Just his regular season success, yeah. his two Super Bowls now. Took him so, all to find his uh, 
QB. Like, well, think like, about think about the work that he did with. I mean, they were literally winning ten or eleven games a year, twelve with Alex Smith for like the first four well, years of his tenure in Kansas City. I was going to say McNabb. Like he yeah. hitched his wagon to Donovan McNabb for a long time. I actually think the Mahomes thing is in part because of I, I don't know if the right word is mistakes decisions he made in Philly. I think he attached his he hitched his wagon to McNabb for so long and was loyal. Good, and you know what? Great. Yep. Got a lot of wins. Got to the what the conference championship game four times. Went to a Super Bowl once. Um. But his quarterback in that case literally puked on his shoes. And I think, and I think Andy said after that, you know what? Smith is good, but I'm done hitching my wagon to a guy and showing basically loyalty across the board when I know what the ceiling is. And and I'll say one more thing and we'll get to a mock here. And also we're gonna do a lot more of the Super Bowl discussion and and different things on Mackie and Judd today, our other daily podcast, but Vikings fans deserve to feel the way that Chiefs fans feel, to feel the way that Eagles fans felt five years ago. It's been 60-plus years. Vikings fans deserve that parade. They deserve that celebration. But you can't make it happen as a franchise by clinging to good, not great. And that's what this franchise has been since I was born, Declan was born, Jub was born, people older than us that have watched the whole thing play out since the early 60s. I would argue they were great in the 70s. They just didn't, like those purple people leaders defenses and Fran Target, and they just didn't win a Super Bowl. But they've been stuck in good, not great, basically since 1979. And it's comfortable. It's a very comfortable space to be in. Oh, nine wins. Okay, at least we're going to be in the mix. We're going to be fighting in the mix. But are you, are you essentially cutting off your chance to do the only thing that this franchise has not done, which is win a Super Bowl, because you're comfortable, too comfortable, being pretty darn good. We got to the playoffs. That's pretty good. Let's go sell some season tickets. All right, let's just uh, let's go uh, grab a couple more linemen in the uh, free agency period and cross our fingers in the draft. And, you know, what's the worst that can happen? You know, probably still win seven or eight games and keep it interesting, right? Like, keep it interesting should be, the Wolf's motto as an ownership group. We can just be in the mix and keep it interesting. Then anything can happen. But anything right. doesn't usually happen in the playoffs. Once in a while, you can point to an outlier, but you don't just get in and see what happens in the NFL playoffs. I'm sorry. That's not how it works. How would we feel today if you replaced the Eagles with the Vikings and you had just lost that game, which, by the way, was a great game. Like, that was fun to watch. But if this were, yeah. but if this were, if the Vikings had gotten there, and this was your fate, how would we feel today? Well, I think you'd feel crushing disappointment. You'd probably be, even though the Eagles themselves were saying, hey, it was a hold, so everyone calmed down. It was a hold. I think you'd be pissed at the officials for just kind of like in a game in which they were letting guys play for the most part. So there'd be anger, and like you'd need like 48 to 72 hours to just be pissed, right? but you'd feel pretty damn good about your window here. And you just banked the Super Bowl five years ago, so you're still kind of riding off that. But you've got a bright young quarterback, and they'll have to make a decision here. I think maybe even this offseason, I think they have to make a decision on to what extent do they want to reward Jalen Hurts? Do they want to pay him the yeah, $45, $50 million? Dollars? Um, but I, th- I think you feel like there's a there's a window and a future here, and that your organization also, even if, 
even if the window is closing or if they decide eh, Jalen Hurts is, is awesome for $1 million, but maybe not for 40 if we want to keep this thing going, you feel confident that your organization is going to make the right decision to win Super Bowls. That's like the Eagles make decisions in their front office to win and compete in the Super Bowl. I saw so many people, and I'm not to like take Twitter and make it the, you know, the majority voice, but well, there it is. A rookie scale contract quarterback got beat in the Super Bowl for all you, you know. Okay, but the Eagles are multiple levels beyond where the Vikings, the Eagles beat the brakes off the Vikings in the regular season. They beat the brakes off the Vikings the last time they had a rookie scale contract quarterback in his backup five years ago, right? So go to school on, on what the Eagles do. They are aggressive and hunting for Super Bowl blueprints. And if they have to win four games in a reset season, they're not afraid that they're going to go into a Lions tailspin because they have organizational confidence and competence that prevents them from doing that. I almost feel like the Vikings and the Wilfs, despite a track record of being relevant almost every year, are so scared of, oh, God, what if we well, what if we become the Lions? You're not. You've never been. It's been 60 years. You won't be the Lions if you just take a deep breath and collect yourselves for a 2024 through 2027 window. They're worried about being bad for one year. That that's that's the problem. They are. You're still being. It's the Vikings. People will still go bad. to the stadium. You're going to sell out every game. But I'm telling you, the worst thing that happened to the Vikings was when the damn Giants with Eli won those Super Bowls, but and they got in, and that justified the Wilfs' belief that if we just get in, anything can happen, which is only true to a certain degree, and and that that takes a lot of luck as well. But yeah, they are worried about being, they want to be in the playoffs every single season. Now, I will say this, the positive is this. What's about to unfold in the next few months will chart a course of we will find out now what the new administration there from a football standpoint believes. Like we don't know yet. So well, now so this is the start of okay, are you happy with let's just make it 113 games? Or do you have higher aspirations? And I really think that this is going to be the first time that Quasi and Kevin get a chance to really start to put their official signature on, no, we're actually going after yeah. Super Bowl. Well, and I will say, because it, it kind of feels to me like they're going to try and convince themselves, all right, hey, we won 13 games. We, we got a new defensive coordinator in here, and I can drink some of this Kool-Aid too, and we will definitely go down these paths in the offseason. But I think they're going to try and convince themselves, all right, we kind of whiffed a little bit in the draft last year. Let's freaking nail the draft. Let's go get three free agents. We, we can clear some money. Let's go get three free agents that can help us out here. We'll get a, a young spry cornerback, whatever, whatever it is, right? Let's do it again. There is a, there is a path if you, are, if you pitch a perfect game in March, April, beginning of May draft, free agency through the draft. You pitch a perfect game with like $35 million in cap space, and let's let's say they maybe they accumulate another draft pick or two, and you develop a Brian Asamoa. Like, there's a path, but you, like I said, as a front office, you need to be like nine innings, eighteen strikeouts, no one gets on base. You need to be like Max Scherzer. You can't whiff on your first round pick. Your first round pick would have to come in and be incredible immediately. You're. Brian Asamoah would have to step in from last year, be incredible. A Caleb Evans, like Lewis Seen under the tutelage of Brian Flores. So if you think you can be flawless from March, April to May, 
you might have a chance to compete for a Super Bowl. But mm, I don't know, man. I'm very, I'm very worried about uh, the clip that they're sort of hovering over here as a franchise. But we'll see. Speaking of draft, you guys want to uh, want a little, little dive here? Do it. We'll see. Here. See if I can click the right button in the studio here. It's been a long time. No, oh. is this button bar potted up, Declan? Yeah, it is. Mm. Is it not working? It's not working. Oh, okay. It's okay. Let's uh, <laughs> let's do this instead. Guy. Okay. Boy, guy gets back to his Minnesota studio. Oh. The buttons don't work. Yeah. Everything's yeah. dusty. Stay, state of the art, baby. <laughs> We're back. Um, by the way, a shout out to our friends at Livia here, helping Purple Daily listeners lose weight for the last year and a half, changing their lives. Yeah, it started with me uh, September of what would it have been? 2021, starting then and for about the next six months on the plan, on the initial phase of the plan, I became the guy on, or I was the guy on the left, I became the guy on the right, down 40 pounds. And now the most important thing, because this is a weight control center, this is not a diet plan, I have maintained my weight loss, which is obviously the most important thing. A lot of of folks in the PD family have done the same. They've shared their stories and pictures. And now I want you to have an opportunity to be the latest. If you are saying, you know what, Super Bowl's done, I'm going to get myself in shape now for for the spring. I'm going to look good in the summer. Guess what? I've got the plan, and right now, 50% off the program. If you uh, just inquire about the Judd offer, Judd from Score North, just tell him Sports Dad sent me. You will get 50% off a program, and you will take the first step towards the new you and weight loss that can be sustained, which is, as I said, the most important thing, 855-GO-LIVIA. 855-GO-L-I-V-E-A, Livia.com, L-I-V-E-A.com. Check them out. Also coming up in a couple weekends, the 2023 Choice Bank Minnesota Golf Show. So Judd and I are going to go and do uh, just a couple of special fun podcasts right next to the 19th hole on Friday and Saturday, the weekend of February 24th. So I guess it'll be February 24th and 25th. We're going to be out there. And the 2023 Choice Bank Minnesota Golf Show features more than just our live podcast, also Garage Logic and some other fun shows, food and beverage at the 19th Hole Lounge, great deals on the latest equipment, accessories, so much more, golf apparel, special offers from your favorite courses around the state of Minnesota and beyond. And tickets are on sale right now for just $6. Promo code GOLFER when you go to scorenorth.com. That's promo code GOLFER. Go to scorenorth.com. That includes 14 free rounds from TwinCitiesGolf.com. Uh, you can also go to MinnesotaGolfShow.com to buy tickets. That's probably easiest. MinnesotaGolfShow.com presented by Choice Bank. So, all right, let's mock, boys. We found one here on this Monday morning that involves multiple trades from Pro Football Network. Mercy. We are bringing you as many mock drafts as we can get our hands on here. Uh, you know, generally one a day on Purple Daily, Mackie and Judd sometimes, and we're stockpiling a list of where uh, where the mocks have or who the mocks have the Vikings choosing. You guys got Jordan Addison from USC from CBS Sports last Friday. Let's go through this. The first overall pick traded to the Texans. The Texans swap the one and the two with Chicago and the Bears pick up the Texans second round pick and a 2024 third rounder to move back one spot to take whoever they were going to take anyways. Oh, God, the Bears, man. The Bears are sitting in the old catbird seat right now. So Bryce Young to the Texans at one. Okay. Jalen Carter to the Bears at two. 
CJ Stroud to the Panthers at three, who trade with the Cardinals. Ooh, that's a curveball, right? I, I thought Stroud was falling to seven or eight in the few mocks you did last or that's read last week. Right. Well, the Panthers don't believe that's the case. They move up from nine to three, and they give up their oh. 39, 93, and a first rounder next year to move up those six spots. Interesting. Okay. Wow. All right. Will Levis goes four to the Colts. So three quarterbacks in the first four picks. Interesting. Will Anderson to the Seahawks, the edge rusher. Uh, Devin Witherspoon, cornerback, Illinois, sixth. It's the first cornerback off the board. Then Christian Gonzalez, the second cornerback, nine to the Cardinals. Let's scroll here. Uh, first receiver to the Texans, Jordan Addison. Ooh, the Packers trade up for Quentin Johnston, moving from 15 to 13. Oh, my. Uh, actually, that's not what the trade was. The trade was Packers move up to 13 and they send Aaron Rodgers to the Jets. Oh, wow. <laughs> I love it. You know what? Good for this mock. I love, oh, I, lo- I love this mock. This is amazing. Go, and, then, dude. and then they grab uh, the Notre Dame tight end at 15. So they've got weapons galore for Jordan Love, I guess, is the theme here. <laughs> All right. At 23, the Minnesota Vikings, according to Pro Football Network, select out of South Carolina cornerback Cam Smith. Okay. All right. Here's the write-up. Cam Smith is an instinctual corner with quick feet and fluid hips. Football. Football. He was rarely tested at South Carolina, but when he was, he broke up 15 passes and picked off four more. His prowess in press. Football. Can unlock coverage looks that Minnesota couldn't run with their personnel last season. So Cam Smith is now the most frequently mocked player to the Vikings. What do you think and, about that? And we are at, uh, for, uh, for Cam Smith, he's been mocked to the Vikings now. How many times do you have that? So we've done uh, about 12 mock drafts on this show. Cam Smith has been mocked there three times. In fairness, twice by Pro Football Network. Okay. Walter Football also had Cam Smith going to the Vikings. Um, I think it's, I think given the, given what we know now, it's a smart pick. Now I will say this. Free agency will help determine this because I will continue to uh, beat the drum of if the Vikings address cornerback with a signing in free agency, they'll get below the cap at some point in time, which is why guys have to go. Yeah. Uh, then I could see them possibly going receiver. I just don't. I don't think we should underestimate the need that O'Connell is going to see to bolster his receiver group, and. I don't know that there is a guy on the roster right now who he is just totally sold on. That doesn't mean the guys can't develop. It doesn't mean guys can't be good, right? But if if Ke- if Kevin O'Connell can exchange, okay, the free agency splash, if we make one, is going to be at cornerback. But I get to draft a first-round receiver to pair with Jefferson to make our offense far more potentially lethal than it was. I don't think that should be dismissed, but for now – Knowing what we know and don't know, I think this is very fair. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, of the 12 mocks we have rounded up the last three weeks or so, seven cornerbacks being mocked to the Vikings in the in the first round. I know that your guy and our guy, Tyler Fornis from Vikings Wire, your colleague over there, he's putting together literally like all of the mock drafts. So we're just bringing yeah. some fun ones to the show. Yeah, no. He's, 
he's like got a spreadsheet database he's of got a, every mock draft that's ever been created. He's got a turkey leg of mock drafts, yeah. and he's just <laughs> gnawing on it all day long. It never oh, ends. Amazing. All right, so all right, that's our uh, watching from a Vikings fan perspective look at the Super Bowl yesterday. We'll do a lot more Super Bowl stuff and Viking stuff over on Mackie and Judd. And tomorrow, reckless draft speculation with our guy Thor Nystrom as we continue to help the Vikings fix their team to be more uh, Super Bowl contender-ish. We'll see you guys tomorrow on Purple Daily. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner.